Welcome to this Sunday morning's message podcast from Kingdom Faith. Today's message is by Pastor Colin Urquhart. Now, last Sunday, Pastor Clive brought a very clear, brilliant, anointed message about God's purpose for Kingdom Faith in this coming year. And since Sunday, we've had a series of encounter meetings. And God's purpose is to equip us for the outworking of the vision about which he was speaking to us last week. We've had a very anointed week. I'm used to flowing an anointing, but I know when there's a particular anointing on what I'm saying and what I'm doing, and on the meetings, and there's been a very special anointing from God this last week because He is intent on equipping us for the outworking of the vision that He's given us. He does not expect us to do that or even to attempt to do that in our own strength. But it's going to be in the power of the anointing that He gives us. And so the messages have been really about the outworking or what God needs to do in us for the outworking of the vision. Can you understand that God really does want to break through in our lives and break out of our lives the way that Pastor Clive was speaking? But can you also understand that won't happen if we continue to do what we have been doing? You see, you can't go on doing the same thing and expect a different outcome. So things have got to change. We have got to change. The way that we are flowing with God has to change so that what he wants can really happen. So we've been having a whole week of impartation. And there have been some powerful times of that on uh, Wednesday night. This whole place was full of bodies prostrate on the ground because the power of God was coming upon people. And it was important on Thursday night that everybody that was here was participating in um, imparting to others. And later on this morning, I'm going to do a very practical demonstration of how to impart to others. Because we need to have the faith to do that, but also we need to know how to do that. But it is essentially a business of faith. That impartation is God imparting something to people. And therefore those who are praying need to have the faith that they are imparting what God wants to impart but those who are receiving also need to have faith to believe they are receiving what is imparted. And we'll come to that a little more later. But besides the three evening encounter, there have been four key messages at the eight o'clock on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. And it would be good for everybody in the church to listen to those four messages. You see, God wants to take us forward as a body, as a church, not just some of us, but all of us together as one. And clearly, uh, many people can't be at the eight o'clock, and that can be a time of, of teaching which certainly... Uh, complemented and supplemented what was happening in the three encounter evenings. Now, when we, we have a time of fasting, the important thing is not what we give up, but the more that we do. We may give up eating, we may give up the time to prepare food and, and all of that, but we fill that time with positively praying or positively spending time with the Word, positively uh, engaging with God in some way. So as part of your fasting 
uh, as that continues, giving up a meal or whatever you're doing uh, in this coming week, you can spend that time to download those messages and then, of course, to spend uh, some time responding to each of them because each of them requires uh, a response from us. So I really encourage you to do that um, because then we get the whole picture of what it is that God is wanting to do. This, this first week is like coming to the end of the first phase of what God wants to do during these 21 days. And then, of course, that in turn will lead on to what he wants to do in the rest of the year. So let me encourage you to do that. I can't make you do it, but you will be very blessed by doing it. And if I tell you to do it in the name of the Lord, then you better do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, one of those messages, I'm just going to allude to a little bit, one of the messages in the morning, because what God has been saying to us, even in the evening uh, meetings this week, is that we have within us the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God. And what needs to break out of our lives is the life and power of that kingdom. That um, Jesus said the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And Jesus came with the message of the kingdom, but he came to also impart the power of the kingdom. And so I want us to see, first of all, this morning, how Jesus related to the Father because that enabled him not only to speak but to impart. He made it very clear that he could not do anything himself. Everything he did was in relation to the Father. So if you put the first slate up on the screen, please. Here are the six key things that were operating in Jesus' ministry. Now, I'm not going to preach all about these because there isn't time this morning, but there's a whole message about this, and really everybody needs to hear the whole message. He lived in dependence on the Father. I can do nothing myself. I do only the see my, things I see my Father doing. He knew that... Although he was full of the life of God, he's the son of God, he still could not in his humanity function with that life, impart that life, except in relationship with his father. So he was dependent upon the father. And the way that John presents the teaching of Jesus uh, in his gospel He's showing his readers that just as Jesus related to the Father, so we now are to relate to Jesus. And in relating to Jesus, we relate to the Father. We, we can relate to the Father through Jesus, through all that he has done for us on the cross and so on. So God calls us to live in dependence upon Jesus. So if we want to impart to someone, we're not depending upon ourselves, we're depending upon the Lord. Jesus lived in fellowship with the Father, at one with the Father. He could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What was more important than anything else to Jesus was his fellowship with the Father, because he knew if there wasn't that fellowship, then he couldn't do anything. And fellowship means the sharing of life. So he was a man of prayer. He drew aside to spend time with his father. If he was b too busy all day long because of the ministry demands made upon him, then he would pray through the night. But nothing was going to disrupt his fellowship with the father. He lived in submission to the father. In the days of his humanity, he could say the father and I are one because of his fellowship, but he also said the father is greater than I. So uh, because he was so dependent upon the Father during uh, his earthly ministry. And so he had a will of his own, 
but he always submitted that will to his father. And we see this before the cross when um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So he had a humble heart. That's how he described his own heart. I am humble and gentle in heart, he said. And a humble heart is a submitted heart. And God wants us to walk in humility before God because he raises up the humble, but he pulls down the proud. He resists the proud, the scripture says. So we want to be in that place of humble submission to the will of God. Then Jesus, of course, did everything out of love for the Father. Uh, and he said to the disciples, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So his love for the Father was a response to the Father's love for him. Just as the scripture says, we love because he first loved us, because Jesus first loved us. So this fellowship, there's this bond of love. Then Jesus said to the disciples, uh, if you love me, you will obey my commands, just as I have loved the Father and obey his commands. Jesus had to live in obedience, but it wasn't legalistic obedience to the law like we read of in the Old Testament. It was the obedience that came out of love. He wanted to please. He wanted to obey. He wanted to do the will of his Father. So we see that uh, there was always obedience in the life of Jesus. If he hadn't perfectly obeyed the Father, we wouldn't be here this morning because there had been no salvation. He couldn't have offered the perfect sacrifice for us on the cross. And then everything that Jesus did was for the glory of the Father. Even going to the cross, he said, you know, now glorify the Son that the Son may glorify you. All the time, uh, his motive was to glorify the Father. Now, if we just take these things, as I say, listen to the whole message because that's a very short, brief five minutes of something that I take about an hour to explain. But if we, if we just take this, the essence of, of this message, when we are wanting to spread the gospel, not only by what we say, but by what we do, the more these principles are actually at work in our lives, the more effective we will be. In other words, the more dependent you are upon God, the more you're walking in fellowship with Jesus, the more you are submitted to him, the more you love him and therefore obey him and desire to glorify him, the more effective you will be in serving or in ministry in any way, in, in, in any method of serving and loving and giving and blessing people. It's having the right relationship with God that therefore makes us more effective in our relationship with others. Now, if we look at how all this was being outworked in the ministry of Jesus, we see that he preached the gospel of the kingdom. That's words. But the preaching was followed by signs and wonders. And the signs, John explains in his gospel, these are signs of the evidence of the presence of the kingdom among God's people. Jesus had come not only with the message of the kingdom, but with the life and power of the kingdom. So every time that Jesus heals someone or performs a miracle, something of the presence of the kingdom is being revealed. And if we are going to be effective in actually seeing the kingdom of God spread in the way that God was speaking to us in one of the evening messages this week, then we need to see the life and the power of the kingdom breaking out. We need not only to talk, but for people to see the power uh, that is going to flow through our lives. And last week we had a time of anointing, uh, and the purpose of that was to equip us for the release of all that God wants to do through our lives. So let's see how this impartation worked out with Jesus. Now, last week when I was talking about this, I, I was just so passionate about this. Uh, I said something about uh, the way that... Um, we were praying last weekend and uh, last Sunday. Uh, 
And I said something that I, I think could be construed as being critical of those that were, were uh, praying. And that, of course, was not my intention. And I apologize unreservedly if, if it was received that way or if anybody was hurt or damaged in any way by what I said. Um, because, you know, that was clearly not my intention. But there is a, there is a way to impart and a way not to impart. And we, we need to look at Jesus to see this. When people came to him, they, they had a purpose for coming. Now, it actually says in the scripture that he healed all who came to him. So if somebody comes to Jesus for healing, for example, he did not prophesy over them. He did not have words for them. That would have distracted from their purpose of coming. The purpose of coming was to be healed. So what he did was to speak the word of healing. Go your way, your faith has made you well. Get up and walk. Be open. Blind eyes were open, deaf ears were open, dumb mouths were open. Impartation through what he was saying. People weren't coming to him for a word, and he wasn't giving them a word. Are you understanding? This is a time of impartation, not a time for prophecy. Now, at other times, people came to Jesus for other reasons. So he actually prophesied. Um, for example, the rich young man came to him with a pastoral question. What must I do to receive eternal life? Now, Jesus didn't say, thus saith the Lord thy God, or anything like that, because he is the Son of God. He just spoke. And he said, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor, then come and follow me. That was a prophetic word into the life of that man. It's not actually a word for everybody. Not everybody has to go and sell all that they have in order to follow Jesus. But the wealth of that man stood in the way of what he was asking. How am I going to inherit eternal life? So for him, that was a prophetic word. Sometimes people came to Jesus with questions. Sometimes they wanted to um, uh, even ask embarrassing questions to try to trap Jesus. For example, uh, they came on one occasion uh, and said, is it right to give taxes uh, to, to the Romans, who were, of course, the, the oppressive force that that uh, was controlling the land at the time. So Jesus prophesies. He speaks a word uh, that is the answer to this pastoral issue that they're putting before him. Well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. So there is a certainly a right time when we need a word from God, people come and ask questions, people have a pastoral thing, we're praying for them, they need a word from God, we can be channels to give a word of God into their lives. So all that um, obviously is the case. But I want us to focus this morning on impartation of God's power. If we're imparting, first of all, we need to believe what the Scripture says about us, that we have the life and we have the authority from God and we have the power to do whatever in His name, to do everything in His name, whatever we say, whatever we do. And we need to believe what Jesus says, that everyone who believes is able to do the same things as He's done and greater things still. So when we're imparting, we're not praying in the sense of praying for someone. We are giving to them. Now, let me just give you a, an illustration because I think uh, this will, it'll be more easy for you to understand what I mean than just the words. This is one of my favorite uh, testimonies. 
Some of you would have heard it before, but it's a good teaching point for this morning. Uh, there was a time some time ago when <clears throat> I was asked to preach in a Baptist church that uh, was having a special celebration. And they were having, they were, I can't remember what it was, some anniversary special thing. Uh, but they were having three meetings, one in the morning, afternoon, evening. And after the morning meeting, I was taken to the home of one of the deacons for lunch. And um, during the course of the lunch, he started to talk to me about a woman called Mary, who was a member of the congregation. She had a very rare kind of uh, condition that was causing the whole of her body to become paralyzed, all her joints to be locked. There was no medical um, cure. And what he didn't tell me is that uh, although she'd had this condition for six months, uh, she was not expected to live for very long. This was um, that serious. So I could tell what he was uh, getting up to. He was uh, obviously going to want me to pray for, for this lady. So he actually asked me, you know, would you come and pray for her? And I said to him, now presumably your Baptist church has been praying for her for six months. And he said, yes. So I said, it doesn't seem to be doing much good, does it? And he looked at me rather oddly. <laughs> but I mean, Baptists are believing, but they believe the word. So... Um, then I said to him, but what I will do is I will come and heal her. At which he looked visibly better. <laughs> now, is this biblical? Yes, it's biblical. Do you remember when the centurion came to Jesus? He said, my servant is lying at, at home sick. This was talking about a woman who is lying in sickness. Um, uh, and so Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And on that occasion, the centurion said, no, you don't need to come. You just need to speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. But Jesus' word was, I will come and heal. So in response to what the deacon was saying, the Holy Spirit was laying upon my heart this word. This was my faith. So I believe that as I went to Mary, she was going to be healed. Now, why do I say I were going to heal? Because the commission, the command that God has given to us is to go and heal the sick. Now, I know I can't work the healing. God has to do that. But my responsibility was to heal her in the name of Jesus. So I come to Mary's bedside, and there's a group of, of um, people around, you know, from the church. It was obviously a set-up job. They were expecting me to go. Now, I said to her, now, this is the point. If, you, if you're going to impart, you need to be sure there's faith. So uh, I said to her, if I, if I was to pray for you now, Mary, what would God do? And she said, I hope he would heal me. Now, that was not good news because hope is not faith. Hope always relates to the future. Something needed to happen there and then. Faith relates, relates to the present. So we only had a few minutes because I had to go to the, back to the church for the afternoon meeting. So uh, I opened up my Bible and I said to her, read this, because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So I was quietly praying, Holy Spirit, just witness these scriptures to her heart. So I got her to read. I said, read this, read this, and read this. And then I said to her, now, in the light of these scriptures, if I pray, what will God do? And she said, he will heal me. So I just led her through a brief time of repentance and response to the Lord. And then I just laid my hands on her and commanded her healing in the name of Jesus. Then I said to her, what has God done? He has healed me. And what is more, I will be in the evening meeting. Now, she hadn't been able to get out and walk for six months. I will be in the evening meeting tonight. So one of the brothers said, well, I'll come and pick you up in the car. And she said, no, I will walk. Now, I want you to understand this. Six months of praying from the whole church 
and she was getting worse and worse and worse. Two minutes of impartation and she was healed. Now, can you see the difference between praying for someone and imparting to them? And God wants to bring us into a place of impartation, not just the leaders, all of us. Because believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So you see, that, but you have to have the faith to impart and ensure that there is faith in those who are receiving so they receive the impartation. Which is why, you know, when we come forward like last week, we shouldn't come forward expecting a word from God. That wasn't what the invitation was about, and Pastor Clive made that very clear. We were coming for a fresh anointing of the Spirit. Caroline, my wife, she was praying for people, and we were talking about this during the course of the week, and she said, I could tell that some people that came to me were wanting a word, and of course I didn't give them a word because it was a time of impartation. Caroline understands the difference, you see. So, <clears throat> if we are imparting, we are expecting the power of God to come upon somebody. Amen? Um, I'm going to draw a diagram in my, in, in visually here. If you, if you put, this is just a diagram, if you like. If you put God there, and the person that you praying for there, and yourself there. Now, you see, what many people do is if you're praying for someone, you're praying to God to impart something for the per to the person. Now, of course, prayer works. God does answer prayer. But often we need to fulfill what God commands us to do, lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's not just sick. We lay hands for, for other reasons too, as we'll see in a moment. So, if we are fulfilling the Word of God, we're not praying to God, but we are exercising the authority that has come from God, which we're then passing on to the person. So that's why it's important for us to be in the right relationship with God. In relationship with God, I can, in the name of Jesus, pass on to this person the life of God, the life of his kingdom, the power of his kingdom, in whatever way is appropriate in that situation. Can we understand this? So, faith is absolutely the key element in all of this. And you see, your expectation of what is going to happen is, is going to be the product of your faith. When people came to Jesus to be healed, they weren't coming for a word. They were coming to get healed. And if we come to get anointed, it's not a word we want, it's the anointing we want. Can you see that? And if we're imparting to others, then that is exactly what we're doing. We're imparting the healing. If there needs to be some prophetic engagement, like there was with Mary, for example, that needed to be done before the impartation. In her case, it was to bring her to the place of faith. Now, there have been times, uh, a number of times, when, you know, as in, in my traveling ministry, I might be preaching and, and I know God wants to demonstrate something of His grace and His, His life and His power in a person's life. And sometimes I come down from the platform and just walk down the aisle. And while I'm preaching, I just lay my hands on someone. I, I pray beforehand, Lord, just show me which one. It'll have to be somebody who's right up the end of the row. And he'll show me somebody, a lady, man, it could be anybody. Uh, and while I'm preaching, I just put my hand on their head. And I just continue preaching. And after a few moments, something happens. The person breaks down and begins to weep. Or there might be, oh, as the power of God hits them, uh, or there might be, but there's definitely going to be some manifestation to show people what God is doing. 
And when that's the case, I'll stop preaching and I say, what's happened to you? And they say, I've just been healed. Can you tell me what you've been healed of? And they will say, how do you know you've been healed? Boom, boom, boom. They know that the power of God has just hit them. Now, I haven't even prayed for them. I haven't said anything. But my, my intention was to impart to them, you see. And, of course, there's always purpose in this. It's to demonstrate the love of God, the grace of God, how he wants to keep pouring out his riches. But it's just if you believe that you can impart in the name of Jesus, then you will impart in the name of Jesus. He will honor the faith. He always honors the faith. So, uh, can you put the next slate up, please? There are various what are called means of grace. Means of grace are different ways in which God has chosen to channel his life and his power. Now, this is only some of them because the word of God, preaching and so on, these are all means of God's grace. He works through that. He imparts life through that. But I'm just concentrating on when we're ministering to other people. The prayer of faith, of course, is essential. Even when there's anointing for healing, the scripture says it's the prayer of faith that will raise the sick man from his bed. And there's no time to go through the whole prayer of faith, but you remember Jesus taught this in Matthew 11, verses 22 to 25. And uh, in those verses, he's, uh, he, he says that we have to speak to the mountain and command it to move. Again, you see, we're not speaking to God if we're imparting in his name we're speaking into the situation. And sometimes when we're praying for people, we need to speak to the mountain. We need to speak to the disease. We need to command it to move. We need, but, but we're not, we're not asking God to do something. We're doing something in His name. So He is doing it. We're not saying, you know, is this going to happen? Isn't this going to happen? We're actually imparting life. We're imparting power. We're imparting healing from God. My wife was, you know, God has been preparing me for the last two months, I think, for what has been happening this last week. By the way, he's been speaking to me, he's showing me what he wants to do in this season and, and uh, what he's needed to do in me to bring me through to a, a fresh place of impartation. And Caroline said to me at times, you know, there's such an anointing on your preaching of the word, but what's happened to the power? You used to impart so much more of God's power. And I, I've been saying, well, I believe God is leading us to a season. And that season has now arrived where we are going to see so much more of the power of God. And you see, as people come here and as, we, as, as things grow and develop during this coming year, they need to come into a time where there's not just worship and not just good word, but there's going to be impartation every Sunday. Every Sunday people are coming expecting impartation. Hallelujah. So here, here are just some of the ways uh, the laying on of hands. Believers will lay hands on the sick and they will get worse. No, they will get better. They won't even continue, you see. If we lay hands, we can pray for people, pray for people, pray for people, but we need to fulfill the word of God to lay hands. And I'm going to show you how to do that in a moment. Uh, anointing is another way. It says that Jesus anointed, his disciples sometimes anointed people and they were healed. But anointing is releasing the power of God, not just for, an, for healing, but in all kinds of ways. Like God last week uh, was wanting to anoint, anoint us for the outworking of the whole of his purpose, not just for healing. And when Jesus said to the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he meant the whole of the power of God, the whole power of the Holy Spirit, the whole power of the kingdom. Because the scripture says the kingdom is not a matter of talk, but of power. So, you know, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they would receive the whole power of God. He had promised them uh, at the Last Supper, all that belongs to the Father and all that belongs to the Son, the Holy Spirit will make known to you. All the power of the Father, all the power of the Son, the Holy Spirit will make known to you. You will receive that power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So that's the importance of anointing. Holy communion, whether we have, when we have here or in your group or in your home, expect impartation. 
This is why Jesus took bread and said, this is my body. In that bread that we take is all the virtue of the body of Christ. And in the cup, all the virtue of his blood. This is my blood of the new covenant. Expect impartation. Um, Paul says when he's writing to the Corinthians, many are sick and some have died. He says this within the context of talking about communion. Many are sick and some have died because they have not discerned the body of Christ. They haven't really believed when they've received communion that they receive all the virtue of his body and all the virtue of his blood. You see, this is not just a nice little holy moment. It's a, it's all these, all these means of grace are the ways in which God channels his life and power to us. And then the, the other one we have up there is, is, it's difficult really to describe this. Words of knowledge, words of authority. Words of knowledge, sometimes, you know, we have these spoken from the platform here on a Sunday. That's not just knowing that there is somebody with a particular sickness and God wants to heal them. Uh, really, the way this gift is to function is through through authority. You believe that when you speak, that healing is actually happening. So uh, when I first began to use words of knowledge like this, um, I needed to know that everything that was said was happening. And so I would encourage people <clears throat> to come to, to the uh, front uh, at the end of the meeting to give a one-sentence testimony of how they've been healed. And there could be two or three hundred people that would queue up just to give uh, a single testimony. Why did they stay behind all that time? Because that took a little bit of time uh, at the end of what was often quite a long meeting, and it was late at night, because we understood the importance of giving thanks. If you don't thank God for what he gives, why should he give you any more? I mean, if you give something to somebody and they're not thankful, you think, well, they don't appreciate it, so why should I give them anything more? But if we're really thankful, then God is going to keep pour outpouring his grace upon us, isn't he? That's right. There was one occasion where um, the independent television people were were making a film about my ministry, and they filmed this public meeting. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, there was some wonderful footage because they included the time of response to the gospel and leading people to the Lord. <clears throat> and of course, I, I was having, it was a big meeting. There were lots of, lots of people there, uh, many, many hundreds. And so uh, I was using words of knowledge. And I, I did then what I, I just described. I asked people to come forward at the end. And of course, uh, I had two mics on, one for the television people and one for the audio in the, in the hall. And of course, they turned the audio thing off, but I didn't have any control over, over the television one, and the television one was left on. Now, of course, the television crews, you know, they get paid double or whatever it is late at night. And so they, at the end of the meeting, the producer was telling people, pack up quick. <laughs> You know, we need to get out of here. Um, and uh, But then, through into his earphones, there were coming all these testimonies of healing. And he was frantic. He said to the crew, quick, 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 get your cameras out again. We, we need to catch this. Uh, it was wonderful because, you know, there were these testimonies of how these words had actually produced healing immediately. That is the purpose of a word of knowledge. That the word goes forth and the power of God comes upon someone even there and then. Now, just, uh, just one more thing. There, there are times I'm talking quite a bit about healing because this is the context within which most of the time we are imparting to other people. And sometimes, you know, you impart to a person regularly over, or God does, regularly over a period of time that when you impart, pray for them first time, something happens, but there's not the total healing. But the fact that a process of healing begins encourages the faith of a person, and so you pray subsequently, and, and you know, faith builds, and as the faith builds, so more and more of the healing takes place. There was a lady once who had um, 
it was another condition, I suppose a bit like Mary's, because all of, all of her joints were freezing, uh, and she was uh, losing her mobility. And I prayed for her on a number of occasions, and it was, it was like watching a miracle every time, because you just saw various parts of her body, you know, one, it might be a leg one day, an arm another day, or arthritic fingers another day, and you would just watch them change. You would just see them alter. You would just see a person being liberated and set free. So, you know, sometimes things can happen over a period of time. But the important thing is we're expecting impartation. Yes. We're expecting to receive impartation. Amen. And as I said during the course of the week, God wants us to come here every Sunday expecting impartation. Yes expecting to receive, expecting to receive perhaps even in the worship because people can receive from God in the worship, expecting to receive certainly through the Word because a lot of people get healed just while they're listening to the preaching. Certainly when we have times of ministry, uh, whether people are asked to come forward or not uh, or whether everybody ministers to one another, but we're expecting to impart and we're expecting to receive. When, when I was a young pastor, and, um, you know, in, in the move of, of God that we had in, in my church, we only had three altar calls, three times when people uh, were asked to come forward in the five and a half years of, of the move of God that was taking place because everybody imparted and they had the faith to believe that. And every week healings were happening, miracles were happening, but it was the faith of the people. And, you know, I, I've mentioned before, we had 18 different healing groups meeting every week. But the people believed that when they prayed, or they, 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 they weren't praying prayers, they were simply speaking the Word of God over the lives of those for whom they were praying. But they believed that an impartation would happen. And the illustration that we used was like firing an artillery shell. You fired this, this, the power of God's Word into the life of that person, it landed and there was an explosion of God's power. So it was a very simple thing, but that's what people believed. And because they believed it, that's what happened. And we would be able to read out every week a list of the various miracles that had happened. Okay, so are, we, are you all with me? Now, I'm going to ask Karen to come forward and, and help me here because I want to help to just to show you how to pray especially for healing but how to impart I've asked Karen for a number of reasons uh, first of all she's used to being up here sometimes so she's not going to be embarrassed uh, secondly she was my secretary for two years she can trust me implicitly and she knows that I would never do anything to embarrass her or anything that was not uh, right uh, and also she is a woman of faith. Praise God. Now, if we are imparting, we are not just putting a hand on shoulder in a friendly way. If you're just praying for somebody, uh, for, you know, some other, in some other way or prophesying or anything, you can do that. But if we're imparting, the normal thing is to lay hands on a person's head one hand or two hands, it doesn't matter. Now, there's no point in doing that unless you believe that when you do that, the power of God is actually going to be communicated to the person. Now, it doesn't mean that the power of God is in my hands. Sometimes your hands may feel hot. Sometimes my hands, they, they, they swell. It's almost uncomfortable because the fingers get so big. But at other times, there's nothing. My hands don't, I don't feel anything, but it doesn't make any difference to the results. Hello? And what matters is results. Okay? So, normally, one hand or two hands, sometimes when the power of God is such, and, you know, people often going down in the spirit, I don't even touch a person's head, I just put my hand over their head. Because I don't want people to think they're going to be pushed over or anything like that. The power of God, you know, knocks people over. But you don't have to push people over. And there's no virtue in going down. On, on Wednesday evening, 
this place was full of people, but they weren't going down and jumping up. Most of them were going down and staying down for a long time because Jesus was ministering to them while they were on the floor. God was speaking. God was doing the ministry. I like that. Now, now what, ha what about if somebody has uh, a, a particular problem in a part of their body? Is it right or is it necessary to pray to lay hands on that part of the body? Well, there's a yes and a no. It's not necessary, but it can be helpful. You see, what we want to do is to encourage and to do whatever will encourage the person to be able to receive. Now, if any of you have had radiotherapy, for example, you will know that the uh, radiotherapy machine is set very precisely so that the beams of radiation hit the specific point where there is the problem in the body, where is the tumor or whatever it may be. So sometimes when we pray, that can be helpful to, to do that, to lay, helpful to the person to help them believe right now in this joint or in this part of the body, uh, God is pouring his life and power. It's not necessarily necessary, it's not always necessary, but sometimes it's helpful. So if I'm praying, supposing that she has uh, a problem at the top of her spine in the neck, I would lay hands on one and, and say, now, I would always tell, especially if you're dealing with somebody of the opposite sex, I would always say, I'm just going to lay hands on your back, okay? So that, you know, everything is being done decently and in order. So I would just lay my hand. Now, I would then say, in the name of Jesus, the healing power, pass into your body now. Now, I'm not talking to God, you see, because I'm imparting. I'm doing something in the name of Jesus. On his behalf, that means. So I might encourage her to receive. Now, the healing power of the Lord is just passing through your body now. He's just touching. He's just touching there. All the tension is going. Now, God might begin to show me. He's showing me there's something here in your brain that is actually causing tension. So I'm just laying hands now there. And the Lord is just releasing you from that now, releasing this part of your body. And the less you say, the better. And you just just stay there just for a moment or two, a minute or two. And then just give thanks and encourage the person you're praying for to give thanks. Are we understanding this? And uh, supposing the problem is in the base of the spine, because people have lots of back problems. We want to see them healed. Uh, again, I would just lay hands on the head, and I say, I'm just going to lay hands on the base of your spine now. Healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ come upon you for his glory. You're just receiving right now. Just right now. So, <coughs> what do you... What do you believe? What do you think is happening? You see, if you believe something is happening, say what you believe is happening. Help the person to receive. You understanding? We're doing something in the name of the Lord. We're doing what, what he would do. Now, Karen is obviously pregnant. <laughs> Supposing... I wanted to lay hands on her baby because for some reason that was uh, appropriate at this time. How would I go about that? Now, I'm not going to touch her body in a personal way like that. So I would say to her, Karen, just put your hands on your baby right now. Together, together we're going to lay hands on your baby. So I'm just going to put my hands on your hands and together we believe right now the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ comes upon your baby sets your baby free in whatever way is necessary or appropriate a 
and just hold it there for a few moments. And I just say, Lord, I thank you. I believe your healing power is now touching the life of this baby in whatever way is necessary for the praise, honor, and glory of your name. I would also, if I was praying for someone that's pregnant, either put my hand on their back or have my hand ready because I don't want her to fall over. That would not be appropriate. So sometimes you actually need to hold somebody up if the power of God uh, is moving in that way. So it's just a question of being sensitive, but also full of faith. Okay, thank you. So <clears throat> the important thing is there is a difference in praying to God and doing something in the name of God. And when we do things in the name of God, it's God entrusting his power. We become channels of his power, channels of his grace to other people. Now, you can be a channel of his grace and a channel of his power. Not only when you're here in church, but wherever. You can just speak like a word of authority if you're out in the world somewhere, in the supermarket, whatever, and it's not appropriate to lay hands on anyone, or when you're in just praying for someone you know, friend, a neighbor, or whatever, uh, you can lay hands on them. But in part, just a, a few weeks ago, I went to the hospital to pray for one of our neighbors who is a Christian, Christian lady, but she had a really serious condition at the base of her spine and the doctors said that she would be in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. There's no way that she would ever be able to walk properly again. And um, so I was asked to, to go and pray for her and I went and imparted in the name of Jesus. And Caroline went to see her just before Christmas, uh, and she said, from the moment of that prayer, everything began to change. And she actually said to the doctors uh, later that day, she said, I am going to be walking. And they said to her, don't be silly, you won't be able to walk. She said, I will walk. Because God had initiated the whole process, and and just earlier last week, um, Caroline saw her driving the car. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, uh, impartation. The last thing we need to understand about this is never, ever, 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 ever is any of the glory yours. Never. Whatever happens is God, not you. You are just the messenger. You're just the channel. All you have done is seek to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's the whole point. The Spirit is in charge and it's the Spirit that is working in all these different ways. And so we can expect, because we've received the Holy Spirit, to be imparters in the power of the Holy Spirit to others. And the more you exercise that impartation, the more the anointing grows in your life. Why? Because the life and power that God has put is getting released. And the more it gets released in you, the more it gets released through you. Can't get released through you without being released in you. So you benefit because the measure you give is the measure you get back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. Hallelujah. So has this been helpful to you this morning?
Okay, so we're going to finish with some practical. Now, we won't do this every Sunday, but we're going to do it. We're going to lay hands on each other this morning. A little bit different from what we did on Thursday. So let's all stand. I always uh, think of it in this way. Have hands, we'll heal. Because <laughs> this is what the scripture says. Believers will lay hands on the sick. Well, I've got hands and they will recover. So they will be healed. Amen. Now, on Thursday, when, uh, was it Thursday? Yes, Thursday, when, when we were praying, um, we just imparted, and, and I just said, um, just expect God to impart to you the answer to some need in your life. It might have been healing, it might have been something else. But we've talked quite a bit about healing this morning, so let's focus on healing, shall we? Is that right? Be okay to have a few miracles on Sunday. Right, now close your eyes. What do you expect? Now, I didn't say what should you expect, but what do you expect? What do you expect to receive? God wants to heal. God wants to impart. And he can use anybody to be a channel of his grace. So what do you expect? Right now, before we pray, just remember those things we had up in the first slate this morning. The way Jesus related to the Father, we're to relate to Jesus. Because you're going to impart, first of all, just say to the Lord, Lord, I depend upon you. I know I can't impart anything from myself, but I believe you will use me to be a channel of your grace. Then thank him for the fellowship you have with him. Lord, I thank you that I am one with you in the Lord Jesus Christ. I live in you, you live in me. And I thank you that I can act <clears throat> in your name out of the unity that I have with you through your love and your grace. Then you remember the next one was to submit. So I submit myself to you now to be used by you, to be a channel of your grace to my brothers and sisters. I believe your power is going to flow through my life and out of my life. Then the next thing is to love, Lord, I love you. And I know you love me. You love those for whom I'm going to pray. I want to obey you. And it's your command that we heal the sick. And we tell them the kingdom of God has come upon them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. What a God. And then the last was the glory 
Lord, all this is not for my glory or even for the glory of the ones I'm praying for, but it's all for your glory, that you will be glorified now in all that takes place. Right, now, we're going to do something different. I want you to take hand, hold of the hands of those either side of you, come across the aisles, be one body. Sometimes when I'm praying with people, you know, if there's somebody very tall, <laughs> I might not be able to lay hands on their head. I just take hold of their hands and boom, over they go. Uh, because the power of God is touching their bodies. Now, at this moment, in this way, we're not expecting people to go down in the power of the Spirit. Although I have seen that happen, but that's not what we're anticipating this morning. So, <clears throat> we're going to believe that the power of God is going to pass right the way through this chain of God's people. You, therefore, need to believe, forget your own need, it is more blessed to give than receive, and the measure you give is the measure you get back. So don't focus on your need. Focus on imparting to those whose hands you hold. You may know them, you may not. You don't know what the need is God does, and he doesn't need you to tell him. He knows all about it. But you believe that the impartation is going to happen. Now, just before we do this, just keep your eyes closed and keep in prayer. I want to just speak to anybody who doesn't know the Lord yet. Because I've known people to get saved in a chain of prayer like this. For the power of God to come upon them. So, if you have been listening to all this and say, well, I'm not really part of this because... I don't really know the Lord in the way you're talking about. All you have to do right now is say, Lord, I want to know you. And I surrender my life to your life, to you, and I ask you to give me your life. To cleanse me of all my sins. So that my life can actually my body even, can actually become one in whom you live in your love and in your power. Now, if you just pray that right now, as we pray, the power of God will come upon you and your life will be transformed. So, now just believe that the life and power of God is going to flow right the way through this chain of prayer. And you just say, Lord, I lay hands now in the name of Jesus on this one on my left. I thank you that you're blessing him or her. Thank you that your power is flowing through his or her life. This one on the right, thank you, Lord. Just pray one first for one, then the other. I believe, Lord, for your spirit, your power to flow right the way through this body to meet every need. Thank you, Lord, for miracles of your healing grace at this moment. Thank you that in others you will initiate something, that you will continue that whole process, that you will encourage faith by what happens. We speak to mountains of need and command them to be moved in the name of Jesus. We speak to disease. We speak to every cancerous cell. Get out of the bodies of God's people. You have no right. You have no place there. We bind every power of the evil one that has sought to oppress or cause any depression. And we say, you are a defeated enemy. And the power of God sets people free this morning from all oppression all depression, all emotional turmoil is being stilled by the peace of God. The peace of God flow right the way through the body of Christ present here in this place this morning. And we give you glory. 
we give you honor. Just begin to thank the Lord now. Not, not for what you've received. Thank the Lord for what he's imparted to the one on your left and the one on your right. Thank you, Lord, you've imparted your life. You've imparted your power. Thank you, you're at work in them now. Whether they believe it or not at this moment, whether they know it or not, thank you, Lord, they're going to see the outworking of what you're doing in these coming days. And we bless you, we praise you, we thank you, we glorify your name, we bless your holy name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just really praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now thank him for what you have received yourself. Thank you, Lord, I believe that as I've been blessing others, so I have myself been blessed. I believe your word that as I've given, so you've given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Thank you, Lord, for your life and your power at work in my body right now, right now, right now. Thank you, Lord, for fresh anointing. Thank you for the fact that I'm going to go out in your name this week and I'm going to see mighty exploits. I'm going to see you touching the lives of other people. That, Lord, I'm so encouraged by what you've been doing in me and what you've been saying to me this morning that I'm going to go in your name and I'm not going to just pray for people. I'm going to expect the power of God to be imparted to them. I'm going to see things happen in the mighty name of Jesus and all for your glory. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I praise you. Come on, let's really praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Jesus. I bless your holy name. I bless your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! How many of you believe that you've imparted something to other people? Uh, that's good. How many of you believe you've received something as you've imparted? You see, it works. Now, one thing I didn't say is this has got nothing to do with feelings. It's got nothing to do with whether you go down, whether you stand up, whether you feel something, whether you don't, whether there's a holy glow, whether there's a woo guy on your spine or anything. Sometimes things like that happen, sometimes there's nothing. I've seen the most amazing Mary that I told you about, you know, the, the one that was six months and then she was healed. She felt nothing, absolutely nothing, had absolutely no experience in that, those terms, but she was healed. See, it's not a question of, of, of feelings, it's a question of results. Amen. Oh, Father, we want to glorify your name. We thank you, we praise you for all that you have done. Bless your holy, wonderful name. And everybody shouted, Amen. And praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.